Hey, Christ community, how you doing? You good? It's good to see you. Welcome you guys who are here in person. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, it's really good to be together. Great little session of worship there. Thanks, um, thanks for being here. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, one of the pastors here. If you are new, newer with us, we'd love the chance to know you, to know that you're here, and really to give you the opportunity to get connected to the best part of our church, which is the people. So if you're in this room, what I'd ask of you is one of two things. There's a QR code in the seat in front of you if you wanna shoot that with your phone, and that'll take you to one of our digital Connect cards. I mean, you can submit a Connect card that way. Or for those of you who are here, you can go out to the welcome desk. It's out in the foyer there. And uh, if you fill out a Connect card out there, we have a coffee mug and uh, uh, that's full of chocolate. Godiva chocolate, like good chocolate, not just bad chocolate, like the good stuff. Um, we'd love to know, again, that you're here and be able to help connect you if there's some way we can serve you. Those of you guys who are watching online, um, if you would just let the host know that you're there, there's a digital Connect card for you online as well. And uh, we'd love to, love to be part of your spiritual journey as you're exploring what's next for you. So we're in this uh, fall series that for us as a church is, is a little unique. It's not a normal series. We've got just not only what we're doing in here on the weekends, we also have daily devotional small group conversations that are going along this. This is an alignment campaign. And so we're working together to be together for about the next, well, we're th this is week three, so we're kind of in the middle of this deal. And I'm really excited to talk with you today. I wanna talk with you about prayer. Prayer is, um, it is central to the work of God's people. It's central to God's work in our lives. It is, it is part of our ministry here amongst ourselves and to our community and world. And so this is an important conversation that we're gonna have today. I wanna begin it um, with our definition of prayer. It's, it's accessible, it's memorable. Prayer is talking with my heavenly Father. And you'll notice as we write that out, we always emphasize that word with, because prayer is not a one-way conversation. Prayer's a two-way conversation. And so I wanna jump right into this by showing you two different places in the scripture that fascinate me. These, these are fascinating examples of prayer. And I think, for some of us at least, they might be a little disruptive in a good way to the way that, or the role maybe, that prayer plays in our lives in the way that we practice praying. So the first one is in Luke chapter six, and this is, from an account of Jesus' life, Luke chapter six, starting in verse 12, one of those days, and this is a series of days in Jesus' life, so one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, who he also designated apostles. So in this little vignette, and it goes on to name 12 apostles who Jesus had a special mission for. In this little vignette, Jesus goes out for an all-night prayer session, and he comes back with, we don't know how many disciples he had, but he had more than 12. If you read down a little later in Luke chapter six in that chapter, there it was a large crowd of disciples that were following Jesus. And so from that large crowd of disciples, Jesus chose 12 for this special assignment and forward movement of his mission following an all-night session of prayer. So he went to a mountain, spent the night in prayer to with his heavenly father and came back with 12 names for a special assignment. His, his prayer time, just based on that, his prayer time couldn't have possibly been an all-night presentation that he was making to God, like a one-way communication. God is obviously speaking, his father's obviously speaking to him. 
in that time of prayer also. There's another little vignette from the life of the early church, the first generation of Christian people. It's in Acts chapter 13, starting in verse two. This is, this is really, it's the leadership of the church, not the whole church, but it's a good chunk of people together. And it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them, So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So we read through that and it's, you know, we read through it in like five seconds, maybe 10. And it sounds like it's just like this quick thing that happened, but but that there is fasting going on tells us that this was an extended season of time. I mean, it's, you can't fast for 15 minutes. I mean, I guess you could, but does it really count, you know? I'm skipping, like I'm postponing my snack. So they're in, this, they're in this season of fasting and worshiping and praying, and while they're in that posture of prayer and worship, the Holy Spirit speaks up, and he says something to him. And, and we, don't know if, we don't know if it was like a, a voice that swept through the room or if one of the people who was there said, hey, y'all, um, I think the Lord's saying something and everybody else was like, yeah, that, but, but in that prayer time and fasting and that little season they were having there, God said something to them. And, and so what, what I love about these two little passages, and these aren't, these aren't unique or alone, there are scripture passages all throughout that talk about people in times of prayer hearing from God. And so I wanna talk to us a little bit about prayer today being talking with our Heavenly Father. So this this message really has kind of like a a part A and a part one, and I'm not calling it part B because it's equally important, but it's like a part A and part one, and it is connected to this diagram or this image that is really the, the central visual for this series that we're in this cross, the premise is, you know, we start at the upper left side there where it says gospel. God is always moving towards us. He is, he's always moving towards us. And again, I tell you, this is great news. That God is always offering you something, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter the difficulty, you are not unseen, you're not unloved. God has not lost you, he has not lost track of you. He's with you and he is offering, he's moving towards you and he is making you an offer. He's offering you himself, he's offering you relationship, And as you enter into relationship with him, he begins to give you faith story, life in him, life and light to be shared. And he continues to move towards you through his written word, what we call the Bible. We talked about that last week. And in our time together today, what I wanna talk to you is about how God continues to move towards us in prayer. And then what you see in that diagram there is prayer is, is part God moving towards us and it is also part us responding to him. And so really that's why this is a two-part message. So part A, I wanna talk about how God is moving. He's moving towards you. And, and this is connected to, if you wanna put big theological words on it, because some of us like that kind of stuff, this is about the imminence and the transcendence of God. Imminence means he's close, <laughs> he's near. He's always moving towards us. And transcendence means he is over and above and beyond. And so to talk together a little bit about the nearness of God 
as we become and as we continue to grow as people of prayer. God moves towards us in prayer. And he lets us experience his, his person, his presence, his nearness, and also his voice. He'll let you hear his voice. You have a personal relationship with him. He will move towards you and let you hear from him in prayer if you will give him room and give him your attention to speak. And so what I'd like to do in this first part of this message is just kind of talk with you about, about how God, how he's willing to be personal and communicate with you and how you can listen to him in prayer. So I want to just a couple of umbrella statements as we launch into talking about communication with God, and these are really important. So everything I'm gonna say, you have to hear under the umbrella of what's there on the screen and what I'm about to say. So, so first, there's no legitimate communication with God apart from Jesus. Okay, there's, there's not. There's, there's no legitimate communication with God apart from Jesus. He's made himself known to us in nature, and so there's general revelation, and we've talked about that in the last couple weeks. But heart-to-heart conversation with God doesn't happen apart from Jesus. Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter one that God has spoken to us through his son. That's how God is making himself known and speaking to us these days, through his son. Jesus declared of himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer in Jesus, God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and the Bible calls him the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. And he was sent to us by both Jesus and the Father and the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us ministers to us in unity with them. So that our triune God, there's there's no communication with God apart from Jesus, so, so just know that. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and if you want access to the Father, you're gonna go through him. The second thing is that God never makes his written word optional or irrelevant. His written word is never optional or irrelevant when it comes to communicating with him, and, and if, you, if you weren't here last week and this makes you scratch your head a little bit or you wonder what I'm saying, go back and listen to last week's message on the website. We talked about this in a lot more detail, fleshed it out a whole lot more. But God never does anything that makes his written word optional to us or irrelevant to us. Jesus said, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The words of God is eternal. And so to think that you can have communication with God that is where his word is optional or irrelevant, like that's just, that's not how God communicates. I don't know who said it first, but I thought they said it really well. You have to know what God has said in order to know what God is saying. And and so there is no communication with God that is optional where God's word is optional or irrelevant. And so you and I don't have the opportunity just to dismiss Jesus or dismiss God's word and think that somehow we're gonna hear from him. Now, that doesn't mean God's relationship with you, though, isn't personal. Okay, so let's, let's just dial in on that for a minute. God's relationship with you is personal. It's a personal relationship. God is a person, and you're a person, and he is in relationship with us, but he is, if you're a believer in Jesus, he's in relationship with you. And so you have a personal relationship with him. And so talking about 
God's word, the Bible, God's written word, it's not a textbook that we were all given at the start of class and, and then we just, we get it like it's, like that's all we're gonna get from it. And you know, the Holy Spirit who comes to live inside of you, it'd be easy to think about the Holy Spirit like, if you go back to the school image, like he's the intercom system. And, the, and the, if God wants to say something, he's just gonna speak through the Spirit who lives inside of us and we all hear this, we all have the same textbook and we all have the same intercom system, so, so we all have the same thing. That's, that's, not, that's not how God relates to us. He, we have a personal relationship with him. And so this, in this intensely personal relationship with him where he is a person, relates with you as a person at the, at the heart, mind, spiritual level where we get to relate to him, he wants to speak to you and he wants to speak into your life about things that are going on in your life. He wants, he's a personal God and he wants to be, he wants to be personal with you. And so I wanna share with you a few ways in this first part of the message that you could experience God's nearness and his voice and personal to you in prayer. So let me just kinda, let me offer you a few things. The first thing, the first word I would say to you is quiet. If you're gonna listen to God in prayer, if you're gonna hear him, it's quiet. Find a quiet place, find a quiet time. One of the things about Jesus, he went to the wilderness. He went out to um, remote places. He went, he went to places where nobody else was. To, for his times of prayer. And, and he went out, because, because it was a quiet place and he often went super early in the morning or he was out there at nighttime because it was quiet. And so he had this quiet place, this quiet time to be with the Lord. And, and what you and I need in that too is we need to ask the Lord to give us a quiet heart and a quiet mind. Because if you're like me in prayer, especially when, you, when you're in a season where you really need to hear from God, everything about you is just swirling. Mind's racing, trying to figure something out, your heart's pounding because there's something pressing on you that is important to you. And when you need your heavenly father to father you through a season, it's really hard to have a quiet mind and, and you can't quiet your mind apart from the work of God, and so to ask God to give you a quiet heart and a quiet mind. Now, in addition to quiet, these, these times of listening, are they're in Jesus' name. Right? Jesus said if we, if we ask what we ask, what we pray for in his name, the Father does for us. And so this isn't, you don't just have to, you don't just give God a speech or a spiel in Jesus' name. You also, like you can listen to him in Jesus' name. And so that means, again, God doesn't, he never makes his word optional or irrelevant. So when you're gonna listen to the Lord, to listen with like the Bible, a Bible verse that you've kind of picked that's been meaningful to you in the last little bit or that you're curious about or maybe a Bible theme that you've seen this show up or you heard somebody talk about it or you've been reading about it, having a Bible, like a command, something that you know that God is is calling you to or asking of you or, or a Bible outcome, you know, something you know that honors the Lord that you wanna see too. And to take that and to be quiet before the Lord in Jesus' name and ask God to speak into that and then listen. And we saw it in those first two examples and often in the scriptures when somebody is 
really needing God to speak into something in their lives and they're listening to him, they're listening for him, it takes time. And so to give him time to speak, so you're listening carefully for what he is saying and then over time as he speaks into what you're asking about to take what you hear or what you think you're hearing and test that for capital T truth. Again, God's word is never optional or irrelevant and like we talked about last week, it's the objective standard. And everything that's subjective in our spiritual lives, we run it through the objective standard to see if it measures up to capital T truth. And so we test, we test that for truth and as we discover truth in what we're hearing the Lord say to us over time, then this is the next piece, we take those next steps. We take those, whatever the answer is to you, for you, you take the next steps and maybe it's something to do. Maybe you're asking the Lord, hey, what, what am I supposed to do in this particular area of my life? And if he tells you something to do, you should do it. And, or if he says, hey, hang on, trust me in this, something that you're asking about or asking him to do for you, if he gives you something to believe, Believe that. With all the faith he gives to you, believe that and, and hang on to that. Or maybe he gives you something to keep praying about. You know, maybe you don't have complete clarity. Maybe you don't fully understand what, what God is saying in these moments, what he's talking to you about. But if he, whatever's going on there, like take those next steps and, and don't just let it sit. Because when God speaks, he speaks to us for for restorative, creative, life-giving purposes, and so receive from him this life that he wants to give to you. And so you take this idea of, of being with God and having him speak to you, he's very personal. He's very personal. He's there for you, he's here for us. He's here for us, for sure but it's very personal relationship with God and he wants to be personal with you. And, and many of us have experienced the personal nature of God and, and he has this for us in our relationship with him if we'll stop, be quiet, give him some time, give him some space, give him some room to speak into our lives. He'll say things to us about what he has for us or about what's going on in our lives that are just for us. It'll measure up to scripture and it'll bear fruit over time, but it's for you. It's the personal nature of your God. So you have this personal relationship with your God and he wants to draw near to you. So give him time and space in a quiet place. In Jesus' name, with his word and and see what happens in that. And to receive from him what he wants to give to you and then speak back to him. And that's the other part of prayer. We, this is the part that we know the most, we probably struggle with the hardest. How do you spend, if listening, like listening's gotta be time, part of prayer, if you're gonna spend much time in prayer at all. How do, how do you, like most of us struggle to give a five minute speech. It's not a problem for me, as you guys know. 
But how are you gonna spend time with God if it's all on you? And yet, because you're in a personal relationship, he wants to hear from you. And so if we could just kind of transition to part one of this talk, now that part A about God speaking to you, part one is what like you speaking to God in prayer and communicating with him the things that are going on in your heart and in your mind. And while receiving what God would say to you is part of imminence or his nearness, when you and I speak back to him, this is part of transcendence. This is, this is I don't know how you are, I know for me, when I'm praying, I am banking on I am communicating with creator God, Lord God Almighty, sovereign of heaven and earth. Because he never reveals himself as a best friend who just wants to sit and listen to the things that you've got going on in your heart or in your mind. He reveals himself as Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who, who when his children speak to him, ask things of him, he, he steps in. As God above all, he's not just listening to you because it feels good to get it out on the table. He wants you to speak to him and he's listening to you because he wants to do something about it. He wants to step in on your behalf. And so as we think about speaking to God in prayer, let me give you, this is, this is a Bible verse. I've shared this with you before. On this side, if you're part of Christ's community, most of this stuff is a review, because we've talked about this, and, and I think this is really important to keep hanging on to. So Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. In him, and this is talking about Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Those two words. You can approach God with freedom and with confidence. Because of Jesus. Not because of you, because of Jesus. Because he has said you get to participate in everything that God is doing for him because of his obedience to the Father, his death, his resurrection on the cross, his, from the grave. Everything that, he is, everything that belongs to Jesus, he is sharing with you. And so you and I, as believers in him, we get to approach our Heavenly Father with freedom and confidence. Freedom that, that like he wants us here. And the ask that I would have to make of him, he wants to hear. So I have freedom when I approach my heavenly father, and I can do so with confidence, again, not on my own, not because of my own merit, but because I have been invited. Jesus has made the way for me to be able to have this relationship with my heavenly father so I can approach Lord God Almighty with freedom and confidence. I'm not walking in groveling, wondering if I'm gonna get thrown out. Like Freedom and confidence. You and I can pray with freedom and confidence. So let me share with you what freedom and confidence might look like when you're praying, all right? So I'm gonna give you, I think I have, I got six things. Freedom and confidence in prayer. So the first one is pray like you belong in the throne room of God, because you do. If you're a believer in Jesus, you belong there. You belong in a throne room. The throne room where the king, the sovereign of all creation resides. He invites you. Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16 says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace 
to receive mercy and find what we need to help us in our time of need. And we get to, we are invited and commanded to come. And so when, when you approach God for what you need, for what, for what you are, like what you need him to speak into, to speak over, to step into, to do, you, could, you can talk to him like you belong in his throne room because you do. And, and freedom and confidence looks like you're praying like God is listening. He's listening to you because he is. He is actually listening to you. That little section of scripture there that I've given you, Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 31, Jesus talks about how, how God knows the number of hairs we have on our head. For, like, for some of us, that's a moving target for him. But <laughs> So Marie cuts my hair. I'm gonna tell you this, it'll take two minutes. <laughs> so Marie cuts my hair because there's not much to it. Um, and, and the last time she cut my hair, she said, you have reached a new level of baldness. <laughs> she is not here today, so um, she'll see this on video at some point this weekend and I'll be in trouble then. But you know, so, but the Lord knows that. And then in crime, it's a silly thing. We laugh about it. He knows that. The, 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 hair, he care, the hair on your head. He knows that. And if he, if he is that personal and that intimate with you and, and that powerful and that observant and that, I mean, like what it, what it takes just you imagine what it takes to know the hair on the head of each of your children? The amount of care. If that's true, you can't, you can't whisper a prayer, you can't start one and fall asleep in it, you can't, you can't get all the way through it without him being really interested in what's on your heart and what you're expressing to him. He, he really cares about you, and he's listening. Talk to so many people that if you, if you are a person who prays and you like try to pray last thing, <laughs> you fall asleep during prayer. You fall asleep while you're praying, and if, if that's you, you've probably beat yourself up over that more than once because it seems rude, but I don't think so. Those are her parents. Bug you at all when your kid fell asleep just talking to you? It's the greatest thing. If they're safe, they know they're safe, they're in relationship, it's all good, and they just, they just fall asleep talking to you. And I, I think God feels the same way about his children, that he, he cares about you and he cares about me enough to, to keep track of the hairs on our head, and so when you and I approach him in prayer, we could pray like he's listening to us. You don't have to talk him into it to hear you. You don't have to, you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be super. He is, he is listening and he is ready to hear what you have to say. So pray like he's listening to you. Third thing, pray whatever your new heart, your new heart desires. So the Bible teaches us that when we put our trust in Jesus as our savior, when he rescues us, 
he, one of the things he does for us is he gives us a new heart. If you have the comparisons that the Bible makes sometimes, you had a heart of stone and he has given you a heart of flesh. You had this cold, dead heart and he gave you a soft, living, spiritually beating heart. He made you a new creation. It's another way the Bible puts it that talks about if when we enter into relationship with God through Jesus, when we're in Christ, any person who's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old's gone and the new's come. And that's, like that to, that's amazing news. Now, that old is still around. It's not, it's not who you are anymore, it's not your heart. It's not your heart, but it, who you used to be is still around, and who you used to be is self-centered and you know all those things, but your new heart, you can, you can ask God for whatever your new heart desires. He wants to hear it from you. He wants to know, he wants you to articulate to him what you're thinking, what's important to you, what you would like him to do for you or for somebody else, that there's, whether they're near or far, whatever your new heart desires, your heavenly father, like he is waiting to hear that from you. And you have, you can, with freedom and confidence, you can let your heavenly father know what it is you desire. So you pray whatever it is that your new heart desires and don't worry about it. Don't get caught up in I'm, I feel so selfish or there are other people who need more. Can I tell you about the other people who need more excuse? God is, so God is infinite, he is not limited. There, there's no limits on him. So if he, if he answers your prayer for whatever it is you're asking, if he answers your prayer, it doesn't diminish his ability to answer somebody else's prayer at all. So you can ask him for whatever it is that your new heart desires. He, he's waiting and anxious to hear from you and to respond to you. So next thing, pray like this prayer is gonna make all the difference, because it is. Pray like this prayer is gonna make all the difference. You should expect things to happen when you pray. We, just, we, sh we should, we should expect things to happen. When we pray, God has made promises to us about what happens when we pray and what he'll do in that Psalm 18 passage that I've given to you. We've talked about it before and you should see it again. It is, it is one of God's children crying out to him and God moving, literally, God moving heaven and earth. In poetic language, God moving heaven and earth to come to the aid of his child who is crying out to him. Your prayers make all the difference. It, that's a hard one to wrap, your, to wrap your arms around sometimes. That this prayer matters, like I, this prayer matters. What I prayed, what I'm praying for, this one, this matters and it makes the difference. And the reason it makes a difference is because God hears you and he moves towards you and, and he responds to his children's prayers and so the Bible connects faith with effectiveness in prayer. So you don't have to generate faith. That's not something that you've gotta conjure up within you, but with, with all the faith that God's given to you, with all the faith that you have, that you're, the things that you're praying to believe, with all the faith you've got, that this, this prayer that I'm praying makes all the difference. 
And so freedom and confidence says, hey, Lord God Almighty has said, bring this stuff before him and I'm praying with my new heart and I'm asking him and he has said when I, that he comes and he works in response to his people's prayers and so let's pray like it's gonna make all the difference. And the next one, pray with whatever passion, with whatever passion you're feeling. So you, you don't have to, you don't have to conjure it up and you don't have to throttle it back. Beauty. Either way, I love that little, uh, little vignette that I gave you there that's in 1 Samuel chapter one. A lady named Hannah is praying and she is grieved. And she's asking the Lord for a child again. And she has not been able to have a baby and she is in a culture where it was customary to, to voice your prayer, she is praying silently. And she's weeping and her lips are moving and she was in the synagogue there and the guy, the priest who saw her praying, he thought she was drunk. She wasn't drunk, she was, she was letting herself be who, she was, she was praying with the emotion that she was feeling. She was just letting it out before the Lord. And and you swing to the other extreme, the scriptures, there are, there are people who are just jumping up and down, you know, waving their arms and whoosh, like just celebrating before the Lord. But pray with whatever passion you're feeling. Don't, you don't have to bring it to the middle. When you're, when you're talking with your father, if you, freedom, you have freedom to feel what you're feeling and to express that before the Lord. They're angry prayers, scripture. Don't cross the line. Don't start shaking your finger at God like somehow you're bigger than him, but he can handle your anger. He can handle your frustration. He can take it in whatever, whatever passion you're feeling, go ahead and pray that with that. And then that last one, I think I, think I talk about this every time I talk about prayer because this for me, this was, this was life-giving. This set me free. Pray like you can't mess it up because you can't. You cannot mess up prayer. Romans chapter eight, verse 26, talks about God the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us when we don't know what to pray and you never know what to pray. You're not God. So we don't, of ourselves, on our own, we don't know. And so when we don't know, God the Holy Spirit prays for us, prays with us, leads us in that prayer. And if he's leading and you're listening to, like, you can't mess it up. So, so pray like you can't mess it up. And that frees you. Because your father is not sitting there teaching you table manners. He's listening to his child speak to him. You know, Jesus' disciples, for whatever reason, they wanted Jesus to teach them to pray. And they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he answered, when you pray. And he gave them what we know is the Lord's Prayer. He gave them that little model, but that's like that was a starter point. Certainly not all that prayer is or that it encompasses. But what he said at the beginning of that was if you want to learn to pray, you got to pray. So, so when you pray, and then he set them free to learn to communicate with their Heavenly Father. And this is. 
this is good news. That the Lord your God, your God, creator of heaven and earth, king over all, draws near to you, is personal to you, and will speak to you if you'll give him the time and the space and a listening ear. And he wants to hear from you. And what you need from him, what you ask of him for yourself or for others, it's important to him because you're important to him. And so it's important. What's important to you is important to him because you are important to him. And he has invited and commanded you to lay what's important to you, what's on your heart, to lay it out before him and let him do something about it. Let him speak into it, let him speak over it, let him come to it and move. And he's given us, he's given us this incredible gift of prayer. And if you, in one sentence, what I would encourage you for today and for this week, like you should pray. <laughs> you should pray. Because he'll draw near. And, and he'll be over the things that you need for him. Will you guys bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Father, we're really grateful that you see us, that you hear us, that you know what's going on in our lives, that you love us, that you care for us, and that you communicate with us. It's not, it's not just a book and an intercom. It is, we have a personal relationship with you. And I pray for myself and for my friends that you would, you would remind us of that. And that you would tell us in ways that we can hear it that you are here and that you're here for us, for each one of us in Jesus. Jesus, thank you for sharing with us what you have earned. Victory, favor, life to its fullest extent now and forever. for loving us and for paying attention to us, for being good to us. We pray these things in your name. Amen.